0: Today we're looking at our spiritual life and thinking about how our emotional life plays an important role in our spiritual growth. Welcome to Run With Horses. My name is Norman and my goal is to help you thrive as a follower of Jesus. The spiritual battles we face are very real. The battles of the future will require you to be growing and trusting God even more than you do today. How can you be the person that you need to be to face the challenges of the future? one way is to apply consistent attention to your spiritual growth but your spiritual growth and your spiritual health is affected by a lot more than just your prayer life your bible reading and your attendance at church your ability to understand and manage your emotional life is a very important part of keeping you moving forward in your spiritual life well today we want to continue looking at these five areas that we're examining to consider how each of these areas impacts our ability to grow and have a healthy spiritual life. Mm -hmm. Real quickly, the five areas that we've covered so far, well, (laughs) all five of them, not just the ones we've covered so far. Spiritual life in general, so this will be the basics that we usually consider with the spiritual life, prayer, spiritual community, Bible knowledge, or we also worded it as doctrine, affection, and experience. Our mental life. This includes emotional, psychological, and social aspects. We can consider this how we think and feel. We are kind of separating out feeling, we be looking at that today. But it determines maybe how we handle stress, how we think about how we relate to others and make choices. This would include our education and the need to continually learn and grow. Our physical life. So from birth to death, we are physical beings exercise, diet are key. They influence how we think. So we've talked every time about how all these are connected. So our physical life and our, our health does affect our emotions and our thinking. And all of these ultimately affect our spiritual life, our relational life. So we're interconnected. We're joined together. We are meant to live in community. We need people, mentors, coworkers, friends. And today we're looking at our emotional life. And again, I want to point out we are kind of artificially separating some of these. We are united beings. We're not separate. How you live, how, the choices you make, the way that you live, your lifestyle, this will affect all of these areas and will make you the person that you are. Choices you make in your education, and your thought life will definitely affect your emotions, will affect your relationships. Choices you make in your physical life, exercise, diet, uh, how often you... Take naps, going to bed earlier, getting less sleep, all these kind of things will affect ultimately your spiritual life. And we, we would acknowledge that's the most important, but you can't separate out these other ones. They definitely have an impact, which is why we're looking at them. So today, we're looking at our emotional life. Well, as beings created in the image of God, we have uh, emotions that we use to express ourselves and that kind of reveal our inner thought life. Sometimes they reveal aspects or truths about our character. They can reveal a lot about our relationships with people. The challenge is to allow the Holy Spirit to rule not only our our actions and our thoughts, but our emotions as well. So we will have challenges in the spiritual life. Without fail, you will meet people that drive you nuts. And often that feeling is expressed in many different ways through your emotions, maybe as anger or frustration. It might be revealed in depression and discouragement. But you will reveal a lot about your relationship with people through your emotions. Fatigue, mental exhaustion, um, all of these kind of things can influence how well you you mask your emotions or control your emotions they will maybe influence the emotions that you feel you're just not as well suited you're not able to handle every every trial that comes your way when you're tired when you're you're not prepared spiritually when you're uh, exhausted physically all these things will work together And it will affect your emotions. And ultimately, if your emotions are out of control, that will affect your relationship. So it's important that we recognize the role that our emotions play in our spiritual life. And the summary, really, of this whole discussion of our emotions is that self-control, particularly in the area of our emotions, is the result of a spirit-controlled life. You know, following Jesus means a certain amount of of balance but not balance as in all things equal balance as in what god has said is important has the importance that god placed on it and sometimes we allow things to to maybe move toward balance meaning all things equal when that's not actually what we should be doing uh, self control often means i want to keep the emphasis where god has placed the emphasis i want to keep the main thing the main thing The priorities are his priorities, not just what I feel like today. And often we'll allow our emotions to make those decisions for us, which typically does not end well. And many of you probably have had that experience. Well, I did a little research just to see what other people might have said about this. And I came across two things. Well, there's been a lot written about uh, emotions, but two things that I thought were worth, or articles I thought were worth sharing some of the key points. Anyway, the first one is from an article on uh, the website BigThink.com. It's called Two Steps to Improve Your Emotional Life. I like that. It's nice and simple. But when I looked at what the steps were, I said, yeah, this really is the summation of what it means to deal with your emotional life. The first one is, you want to be able to choose what you become emotional about and when you become emotional. At its core here, this is what we're talking about when we refer to self-control. We're choosing what is going to trigger an emotion and uh, when I'm going to allow that emotion to come out. So there are a lot of Bible passages. We're not going to look at very many, but they basically come down to the same idea. Proverbs 29, 11, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Okay, that's self-control. It's wise to recognize that there are times when the emotion I'm feeling right now is not appropriate for me to let go of. But a fool just lets you know all the time this is exactly what he's feeling. And I I acknowledge there are people who struggle with this kind of emotional regulation. So that can be a physiological problem sometimes, but quite often, it is a spiritual problem, and a lot of people really, honestly, do not believe that they need to control their their emotions, and they would say, this is who I am. This is the way I feel. You know, I've talked to people uh, and tried to encourage people who struggle with things from anger to depression to, you know, different kinds of uh, issues of really of emotional control, and they will occasionally say, but this is just, this is who I am. This is the way God made me. And they are using that as an excuse not to work on it because it's difficult. And I would acknowledge, and if you've ever had the need to work on any of these things in your own life, you can understand, I'm sure, that it is difficult to work on on, on your life. It is difficult to be part of this process. Yes, and again, we always come back to this. God is doing the work in our life to change us, to grow us. Uh, to make us what He intends for us to be. But He does give us a certain part to play in that. And I think our struggle with things like our uh, emotions, often they're part of God using this struggle in our life to chisel off some aspects of our character, to make it more like Christ. It, It is a battle. It is a struggle. But... As this verse says, a wise man holds back his feelings. Sometimes we want to recognize that what I'm feeling may be driven by something that is, is not me pursuing Christ. It's, it's caused by something else. And one of the things we'll get to in a little bit is there are areas and ways that we need to look at our emotions and say, Why am I feeling this? Why do I hold this one back? And often it's because it comes from a place that ultimately is sin. Uh, particularly when our emotions come from a place that is driven by sin, yeah, we we need to be fighting those things. What's an example of that? Well, selfishness drives a lot of emotions. There are people who get angry when their selfishness is challenged or when they don't get what they want. I mean, that's straight up selfishness. So we recognize that's not healthy. That's not good. That is something they should be fighting, but it's not in that case, it's not just fighting the anger because they didn't get what they want, but it's recognizing there's a root cause that is deeper than their anger. That selfishness, the lack of humility, the lack of the, the uh, placing Christ at the center, is really the bigger issue, but it's expressed. Its first symptom, maybe, could be that anger. So one of the reasons this whole conversation is worth thinking about, it's worth considering the place that our emotions play in our spiritual life, is that emotions often point to a, an issue, a spiritual issue. So we want to ask, what is this motion here for? What is it telling me about who I am, about what I love, about what I'm desiring? Um, can I learn something that will help me to grow because of Uh, this emotion that's pointed out something. So Proverbs 16.32 says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. It's the same idea that being able to, one being slow to things like anger, some of our emotions, they shouldn't jump to the surface if we're in our mind in our understanding, in our spiritual life, have God at the right place. We're not quick to be offended if God is at the right place in our life. If Christ really is at the center, if you're pursuing Jesus, and you're not worried about defending yourself, then anger often is not the first emotion that's going to come to your mind. But when you are really concerned about how other people see you and you're really worried about what you are going to get out of a situation, then yeah, you may be... Angry, that may be the first way that you respond when someone puts you down, or when someone doesn't listen, or when someone does something that you take as an attack on yourself. But that slow to anger often comes from a place of having God in the right place. So it's it's really important that we understand why do we become emotional and when do we become emotional? Uh, There are times when it definitely is part of a relationship. If you uh, are married, then that definitely your emotions are part of your marriage relationship. There are times when our emotions show us good things. But we want to ask, why is this emotion here? What is it showing me? Is there a deeper cause to it that I need to recognize? Now, the second thing that this article pointed out, you need to be able to choose how you act when you are emotional. So... Maybe you missed the first step and you, you find yourself with this emotional that's overrunning you and you, you didn't really plan on it and you, you weren't really in control of it, but there it is. Now you're, you're in the, the control of this emotion. Do you just run with it and allow it to control how you act? Well, I, I don't think that's usually the healthy way to go, particularly when you haven't evaluated and you don't know why uh, that emotion is there. Relating the emotional maybe a, a surface um, light, that's trying to shed a light on something something deeper. So to respond with an action to every emotion is not a good way to go. You know, 1 Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, when we think about the Holy Spirit and the way that God is working in us to change our spirit, this idea of power, love, and a sound mind, I think is important god is ultimately stable (laughs) the the epitome of stability you know many of us as humans we are not the epitome of stability we are very instable and go from one emotion to another but the power of god working in our life and the power that the love of god has over us when we really understand who god is and what he has done for us and we allow his love to control us so It's not just we've experienced His love and therefore uh, we're okay, but we learn to be part of His mission to the world. We have joined our life with what He is doing, this great ministry of reconciliation. And the love that He has for us has changed us and is changing us. So it's changing our love for other people too. When we love other people, we are able to forgive a lot more we are less likely to attack them when they do something against us. And love is a buffer which helps us control our emotions. It helps us prevent an emotion that's going to do damage to a relationship. So again, this idea of some kind of emotional regulation is important, but where does it come from? Ultimately, as I already said, it's the result of a Spirit-controlled life. If I'm growing, I'm actively pursuing Christ, I'm learning to love other people the way that God loves people, that's going to change the way that I respond to them. And really, when we think about spiritual growth, Galatians 5.22 should come to mind. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So these things are a result. This fruit is a result of our life in Christ as we pursue Him, as our heart's desires change. Our emotional regulation is changed, our ability to recognize different stimulus on our, our lives that maybe were going to lead us in a bad direction, changes, we recognize it quicker and we're able to, to circumvent some of those emotions and, and keep them from doing damage to relationships. You know, verse 24 there in Galatians 5 says, that, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is what we're talking about. I'm Christ. I, I have committed to follow him. I have accepted his sacrifice on my behalf. So I'm not living, my goal is not to live according to what my flesh wants. I don't want to give my flesh everything that it desires. I still may feel those things, I may recognize those things, but you can't follow every passion that you have, not and follow Christ. Because the flesh has these passions which will lead you against Christ. They are definitely in a battle against God. So, how does that passage, that little section there in, Galatians 5, 22 to 25? Well, 25 says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So, I'm made alive because of Christ. I have received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has taken me from death to life. So now, I have life in Christ. I'm made alive in Him. I'm made alive by the Spirit. So, how do I live? And this is the question Paul asks quite often. He wants us to walk worthy. The walk that we have should be a walk in the Spirit. Self-control, the ability to regulate our emotions to any degree, is ultimately the result of a Spirit-controlled life. So it's important that we we recognize that, and we're working to become more like Jesus. And I think it is only as we are continually growing and, and seeing more of the Spirit exhibited in our life. And, and really, some of the things that we talk about sometimes, uh, maybe we don't go into enough detail about why we do some of those things. How do we take some of those daily activities we do that are part of the Christian life? I mean, think about our prayer life, our, our time in God's Word, our time with the spiritual community, and some, maybe the spiritual disciplines. How do we take those, and how do those things affect our emotional life? Well, a good example, maybe, would be, think about the idea of meditation. We talk about this sometimes. You know, the way I encourage people to, to do simple journaling. You know, I think it's a, it's a valuable skill to practice. It's a, it's a discipline to consistently do some simple journaling. And by that, I have a specific process in mind. And I've gone through it before, but I'll go through it again because I think it really applies here. We think about our emotional life and developing some kind of control of it, we want to be allowing the Spirit to have greater control over our life. So when we approach God's Word and we develop this habit of going to God daily, we start with prayer. And we're asking God to meet us. That's really the, the basic part of a daily time in God's word, time to meet God, to say, God, I'm just asking you to meet me today and and show me yourself. And I, I encourage people to start with just a, a short 20, 30 second prayer. And then you have your Bible and you should have a, a, a process. You should have a um, some kind of program, something set and kind of ordered, organized, where you know what you're going to read every day, whether that's read through a book at a time or whether you're reading through Uh, the New Testament in a year, or the the Bible in a year, or two years. Have some kind of idea what you're going to read every day, so you don't sit down not knowing what you're going to read. You should have some kind of Bible reading program, and it should be reading the whole Bible. Uh, I would strongly encourage you, if you're one of those people who is relying on something like our Daily Bread, or one of those uh, devotional booklets, they are great. And there are times in life when they're awesome. But as a standard practice, you want to be reading through the whole Bible yourself. So have that program. Read it. But then when you read it, then apply some logic. And here's where I, I really believe that the Holy Spirit begins to work in you. You know, we, our, our minds are changed as we meditate and consider God's Word. So reading the passage and then really applying some some mental effort and thinking about it, meditating on it, chewing on it. You know, I, I say often we think about meditation. Eastern meditation often is trying to empty your mind. Well, biblical meditation is trying to fill your mind with the Word of God. So take a passage and consider it. Think about it. Consider the implications of it. Chew over it, think about each word, how they relate to each other. What is this verse really saying? What is God teaching me about who he is, about what's important to him, about the world, about my life? Consider that, meditate on it, think about it. And it's this process of chewing over God's word that really, I think, digs it into our heart, into our mind. And over time, then this process uh, gives the Holy Spirit extra fuel, if you will, extra tools to bring back to your mind when you're struggling with an emotion. So you've started with prayer, have the time of reading God's word, thinking about it, meditating on it. And then you're looking at it and saying, how should I apply this? And it's, again, this process of meditating on it and thinking about my life and figuring out how do I live this out and putting it into practice in my life. You know, as I do that and I come up with maybe one thing or two things every day that I want to write down in my journal. So I end up writing down one verse and just one, one takeaway that I want to remember from, from this passage that I read today. Maybe I read a chapter, maybe I read five chapters, but I come away with just one thing. You can't take everything every day. So take that one thing and you write it down. So it's probably the thing that you spent the most time really meditating on, thinking about. So as you write it down, again, that's another way that you're You're giving the Holy Spirit the the ability to take that and cement it into your heart and mind. And then once you've done that, then pray again and ask God to give you the wisdom to make the changes that you need to make, to really remember this truth that you've studied and to apply it, to live it out. Allow that to change your relationships. Allow it to change your heart. And as you're consistently doing that, you know, God brings passages to your mind. And as you're, as you're reading and studying, you, you know, you can read the same chapter 10 times and come away with 10 different things because you're in a different place. And as you grow spiritually, as you're a different person, the next time you read it, you may have a different verse, or right? Maybe the same one you're still struggling with. And the, the one that really sticks out to you is the same one because you still need that same truth. Well, thank God for that. Ask Him to help you to live it out to make the changes that you need to make. And then ultimately, part of the simple journaling is I encourage people to do it. You want to talk to somebody else about it. And this is a place where, you know, if you're really seriously trying to do this, you're going to talk to someone else about the things that you're studying, the things you're learning, maybe the struggles that you have as a spiritual being who is struggling with uh, desires or passions that are, are leading you away from God. Ask for help. Ask for accountability. Uh, Ask for people to have this discussion with you, an ongoing discussion about what it means to change in your ability to control your emotions or to regulate your emotions. So this whole process, I think, repeated daily, is a big part of God giving you the ability to uh, control your emotions, to change the degree of control that your emotions have over you. So there are things... There are um, different skills that you want to practice, things that you want to be aware of that relate to your emotions. Um, I was looking in the Berkeley Well-Being Institute has a, an article called Emotional Skills, 25 Skills That Improve Your Life. And I, some of these I think are kind of hokey. I don't know that we would really agree with all these. But there are, there are some parts in here that I think are worth considering. You know, um, to recognize the importance of, of empathy, you know, that's an emotional skill. You know, all of us are not naturally empathetic, but to recognize the need to, uh, to relate to where someone is, uh, to, to recognize that maybe their emotions, which may be contrary to mine, come from a place that maybe I haven't been, uh, so I want to learn to be empathetic with, with people. Consider where they are. Uh, to practice gratitude. And this is, uh, they refer to it as a skill. And I suppose that's a good way to think about it. Gratitude is a skill. It's something that we should be thankful. Now, obviously, they're not writing this as a Christian, but you know, Paul told us that we should always be rejoicing and giving thanks. And I think those two go hand in hand. They have a lot to do with our ability to uh, regulate our emotions. You know, when you're when you're thankful, genuinely thankful every day, you are going to to act differently. Your emotions are going to uh, be I think less up and down. You know, we have a lot of emotional uh, variation in our lives and everybody does. But someone who is genuinely rejoicing and thankful, I think their emotions are in a better place and they're not so up and down and they don't control their life so much. So it's, it's definitely a, uh, two important parts, two important skills to develop. Relationship skills. Um, and they're all kind of different relationship skills, but they relate a lot to our emotions. Part of this is considering, you know, empathy has a lot to do with our emotional skills. But to be able to have good relationships with other people often requires us to set aside some of our pride and our self-centeredness. And that practice, which allows us to have a better relationship, also is part of controlling our emotions, keeping our emotions in check. You know, even friends are going to say things that are offensive and not allowing that to damage the relationship. Uh, to giving the, giving the other person... Uh, a chance to rethink what they said and to be able to talk through difficulties reasonably and, and without allowing anger and different emotions to, to drive the conversation. That's, those are skills that are helpful to us. So there are different emotional skills. Um, we're not going to go through many anymore. We're running out of time today, but it is important. You know, Our emotions are given us for a reason. God is using them to grow us to prepare us for the day when we Him face-to-face. So write me at Norman at runwithhorses.net and let me know how you're doing. And keep growing. It is worth the struggle. So until that great day, keep running.